Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Today's episode features owner of textbook painting and Summit member, Michael Murray. Michael has recently joined the NCG team as a peer content coach to assist Summit members with marketing, whether they are just scratching the surface or looking to take things to the next level. On this episode, Michael joins Molly for a discussion on online marketing and how using Google My Business can help you gain more leads regularly. One quick note we would like to add is that this was a podcast recorded virtually via Zoom, so please bear with us in our few minor technological glitches during today's episode. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show. All right. Thanks, Carter. Uh, So here we are today, excited to introduce a new guest to the podcast, uh, Michael Murray, president of Textbook Painting. Michael, welcome. Hey, Molly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We are too. We we love, before we jump into uh, the realm of marketing, which is going to be the focus of today's podcast, We'd love to get started with the basics and hear from you about yourself, your company, you know, what you do and where you're located. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me. Yeah, my name is Michael Murray. I'm the owner of Textbook Painting. Uh, we're based in the Cleveland metropolitan market. I started the company uh, 14 years ago, back in 2006, right when I graduated from college. Uh, I actually worked for one of the like, college painting companies while all throughout college. Nice. Uh, and been doing this stuff for about half my life now. Um, and yeah, yeah, I love, you know, helping, um, you know, with the marketing side of things is kind of my true passion. Um, and I know that's going to be something we're going to talk about today. So I'm kind of excited about that. Absolutely. Because in addition to being a summit member, which I think looking back, I talked to Colin, who is your coach, uh, you joined with us back in October, 2017. So we've been, so we're going on three years. Uh, but outside of that, You've more recently become a part of the Nolan Consulting Group extended team as a peer content yeah. coach realm, which we are stoked about. It's fun to be a part of the team, and um, there's a lot of great people in the group. And yeah, my three years in the group have been awesome and been really helpful for us as a company. So, yeah, it's awesome. What we've done here um, at NCG has begun to. Uh, tap into some folks like Michael who have a passion, who are creative in their in their space, uh, and who want to help others. And so Michael is coming on as uh, a marketing peer content coach. Um, his area of focus um, being within the digital marketing realm, and so he is available to work with Summit clients. And so Michael, tell us about that kind of how you will be involved uh, with members uh, if there's interest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, like I just mentioned, I mean, marketing is definitely like my passion. Um, that's what I spend a lot of time just learning about and trying to study. Um, I've really been a student of inbound marketing and digital marketing since about 2013. Um, so it's, it's hard to believe it's been that, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be able to just share some of what's worked well for us um, and some of the things that I've learned over that time. Um, I think that starts with probably just helping um, other business owners, you know, maybe do an assessment of where things stand and trying to like come up with a roadmap of where do they go? There's so many different things that, you know, we hear about or that we see other people doing and it can be overwhelming. Um, you know, when we're trying to run a business and we've got 500,000 other things that we're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, and so it seems, you 
Does yeah. it seem to you when you when just from you know your space and talking to other clients that marketing seems to to be the one thing, especially on a smaller end of the of you know smaller businesses, that marketing seems to get pushed to the side the easiest, or it's the marketing meeting it doesn't happen because other things take precedence. For sure, especially when we're busy, right? It's you know marketing can be a short term play, but it's also very often a long term thing where you know, little consistent effort over time becomes the results. Um, and so it's one of those like things we hear so much about what's easy to do is easy not to do. Uh, right. In the middle of the summertime, you know, you're not thinking about, hey, we need to start marketing in July for, for winter, right? You know, nobody's generally thinking about that. Um, but, you know, if you're going to do well, especially without paying much for it, um, you know, showing up in Google and things like that, it, it can take a little bit of time and some consistent effort to really see results. And so kind of maintaining that throughout the entire year, as opposed to, you know, one month at a time or when all of a sudden your, your leads do feel like they've slowed down or all of a sudden it's October, you should have been thinking about that months ago, but it, I feel like every year it always catches up with a lot of us um, that we're, we're acting a little bit reactively as opposed to being proactive. And I think marketing is a proactive uh, opportunity. For sure. Yeah, I would 100% agree. And you mentioned just having that like consistency as best as possible over the year. And I think they're just like anything, there's probably a little bit of like ebbs and flows um, to, you know, marketing efforts and spend maybe, mm -hmm. um, maybe isn't exactly the same all year long, but it needs to have like a pretty good baseline. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just, it's hard to like build that momentum back up and get back into the right habits and, and things like that. And, you know, and then maybe it becomes overwhelming because we're trying to catch up with like a big effort as opposed to just doing small things that are maybe easier to maintain. Right. So uh, at your company, so at Textbook Painting, we know that marketing is your passion, so you want to be involved in it. Uh, give us a little bit of an idea of kind of how you operate within the marketing space at Textbook, whether in terms of the things that you like to be involved in, where you have hired people to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's changed somewhat over time. Um, you know, one with just what we could afford. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so especially, let, you know, kind of today, um, we do pay a company to manage our uh, Google AdWords. So what we're paying Google to, you know, for paid ads. Uh, we also pay a company to do Facebook advertising. Um, okay. So those are probably like the two places that we spend some money. I'm still, I'm very involved in like the strategy. So I'll have monthly, at least monthly calls with those two different agencies, if you will. And, you know, just talking about, strategy and even like the content, uh, the copy that is going into the ad, um, maybe more so than they want, but it's something, you know, that I want to be involved with. doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to change it. I just want to understand like, what is your thought process here? Um, and yeah. So anyway, so I'm still involved with that. Um, I would say I spend the majority of my time on like content creation. So especially like written, blogs and things like that. Um, as the business owner, I have a lot of knowledge um, that, you know, just like any business owner, maybe listen to the podcast. And so, you know, I feel that like I need to share that expertise better or more so than anybody else I could hire to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's where I like to spend my time. I do enjoy it. So that's, you know, again, I enjoy writing uh, where maybe others might not. 
Um, one of the things that we've been doing more so this year is video. Um, so we've been putting out some video that is just shot on an iPhone and not nothing too fancy. And we've also done some where we've hired a videographer to come out and put together a little bit more of a, uh, you know, slick marketing or slick videos that certainly not something that I could ever do by myself. I know we talked about a little while ago uh, is how important it is that as a business owner, you are often the visionary. You have a direction of, as to where you want the company to go and what the brand means. And you're cascading the brand and culture down, not only throughout your company, but also so that your, your customers feel that, that brand. So I, it's important that as an owner, you are not completely hands-off in the marketing direction of the company. Is that correct? That, yeah, that's my feeling, 100%. I mean, I think, you know, especially for small, medium-sized businesses where the owner's pretty involved. Um, I think if nothing else, like our clients, our homeowners, our customers, whatever that might look like, want to see the owner. You know, that, that personal connection, whether it's again on a video or just in a written format, um, I think really matters. And, you know, I, we have two salespeople. I'm not really the one going out to a customer's home, but customers, I think, feel like they've connected with me because they can watch a video of me on our website Right. They can read things that I've written. Um, and so even if I'm not the one at their house, I feel like it, it makes a big difference. So in terms of those items, and you were talking about you know, the, the Google ads and the Facebook ads, those are all more so on the SEM side is what, uh, just so we can kind of clarify for those who are new uh, to kind of the marketing uh, lingo in a sense. So search engine marketing being uh, paid, paid advertisements, paid marketing versus um, SEO, which is search engine, engine optimization, which is focused on optimizing your website or your, your, your real estate on the internet uh, to get traffic to your site from organic results. So all of the work that you do in terms of content building and from blogs to posts, uh, to keywords that you put in your website to help get people to your website basically for free. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct, right? Yeah, and I think Which that is, last point is the big distinction. You know, free versus paid. I would say just like anything, nothing's perfectly free. It's just spending time. Um, and, and that's a big part of it um, is that I think maybe business owners or just people can have a misunderstanding is that it's definitely going to take some effort um, to try to do the SEO side where we're showing up in the organic Google results. Um, but I would say it's really, really worth it. it that is a huge um, part of where our leads come from is from the you know, organic or the free listings on Google, uh, whether it's in the map or in just like the website listings. Um, you know, I think the best analogy I've heard is Google is basically like the, the yellow book was 20, 25 years ago. You know, if you wanted to run a home improvement, home service type company 20, 25 years ago, you would just pay as much as you could to the yellow book and like that's where the majority of your leads would come from because that's where homeowners would go to find the best service providers. Mm -hmm. Well, today that's Google. And if you're not showing up in Google, whether it's paid or free, ideally free, um, you're out of mind and you know relying on word of mouth and referrals and, and all that that's great um, but if especially if you're trying to grow your business you need to be on google because that's where people are um, you know whether you know again you, it's just something that you really have to be aware of 
And so SEO takes time. Uh, you're basically just continuing to build on top of the work that you're doing to uh, make your presence, you know, more more known and getting basically the goal is to continue to get your company to show at the top of that google search result when a customer searches in their in their area for something that a service that you do uh, sem is a little bit more of a quick uh you can turn the, the ads on and off uh and so you're going to get more immediate results from that but they're not always long or long lasting uh because they do go away so you do want to make sure that uh if you're doing both uh, that you are making sure you are, you are putting the time into the SEO work on a regular basis. So what are some areas of, of focus that small businesses can work to, to boost their SEO um, over time that's, you know, simple and easy and a great place to start? Yep. So, yeah, when we talk about SEO, it really just comes back to the website. Um, and I know, you know, Google My Business is another thing that we're going to probably talk a little bit about. So, but as far as like SEO, we're talking website. Um, there's some technical things that you know need to happen, title tags and, and things like that that can sound complicated that really aren't complicated. Uh, again, that can maybe take a little bit of learning curve, um, but I think the biggest thing it just starts with is having useful content on our websites. Uh, we have to remember that like homeowners today, consumers today are looking for information um, and we also, you know, this, this idea of like a buying funnel is a very important one that we have to understand that it, our website isn't just to serve a homeowner who's looking for an estimate, but maybe for somebody who's just starting this process. Um, you know, so we're a painting company. And if one of the things we do a lot of is kitchen cabinet painting, somebody might not be ready for a quote yet to paint their cabinets. They might just be starting the idea. And so we want to provide some content on color ideas, for example, or um, just frequently asked questions and things like that. By having that content on our website positions us as an expert. And so when they are ready to get a quote, which may be in a couple weeks, might be in a couple months, whatever that looks like, um, hopefully they'll come back and you know, remember the fact that like we provided them with that expertise, um, which again, just really positions us well in their mind, um, especially if we're trying to be at a higher price point maybe than the other people on our market. So it's the content, it's kind of the education of the service that you do. Uh, I think you're a big proponent of blog posts as well and kind of keeping information relevant and uh, up to date in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that up to date point is really important. You know, one mistake I see um, business owners and businesses make is seeing their website as almost like a brochure or a just like a static thing that it's made. I have a nice website. It looks pretty, again, just like a brochure. Um, and, and that's kind of it. Well, the problem is that Google, the way that their search algorithm works is they're looking for fresh content. Um, and so if we're not updating our website on a pretty frequent basis, it could be monthly, um, more the better, right? If you can do it weekly, great, but we're all busy. Um, but I would say at least monthly updating and adding content is going to a keep Google happy, but it's also just going to provide more useful information to homeowners. Um, and so, you know, it's not, we, when we're doing these things, it's really important that we're not doing it for Google. We're not doing it just for the homeowners. We, we kind of have to keep both of those audiences, if you will, in mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where we get into keywords, but we also want to have useful content and there's some, 
tactics and strategy behind how we might approach that. Absolutely, I find it interesting uh, when we, we work with an SEO company and so taking a look at our website and you look at the analytics and where are uh, people landing and what are the keywords that people are searching for that we end up showing up uh, you know, within, within Google because it, those words exist on our website. And then you can use that information, well, we need to be adding more, uh, more of these keywords or focusing and zeroing in on our blog titles need to be a little bit more uh, kind of straight to the point as to, so that they match what people are looking for. So it's, it's, you're right, it's not a static place. It should be constantly changing and updating based upon what you're putting out there and then the analytics that you're getting back and how can you use that data to basically continue to boost you forward. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And using data like Google analytics um, and there's you know a lot of different um, places out there, but Google analytics works great. It's just a great way to see what's working. What are people reading? How long are they spending on specific pages? Um, and I think back to the point you just made, um, one strategy that a lot of companies might not utilize is just going back to old blog posts and just revising them and revamping them and maybe beefing them up a little bit, adding better photos or, you know, even linking to other more recent blogs that, you know, can kind of build on the information. Um, those can mm -hmm. also just be really great strategies that, you know, you can accomplish in a short amount of time because you already have like that base content created. Um, and that can be just kind of refreshing some of that old content can also just be a good thing to do. So outside of um, the website itself and keeping that fresh and relevant uh, and constantly kind of working on um, improvements, what are some other uh, spaces that you can be focusing on? Yeah, and so I think especially for, you know, companies like ours, right, again, painting, but any kind of like home improvement, home service, any local company, um, we really need to be cognizant of showing up in the map on Google. Um, and so typically, if a customer is doing a search with what's called local intent, meaning, you know, something along the lines of painting company in area, whatever that search might be, mm -hmm. Google understands that they are looking for a localized result. And so with that, Google is going to give a map within the search result of the local companies. Um, the map can be, frustrating to try to rank in um, because there's a few factors that go into that, um, some of which we have some control over. One big factor we really don't, which is the proximity. Um, and so a few years ago, Google came out with an uh, update. They're constantly updating their stuff, which is, uh, you know, definitely can be frustrating at times. But with this update, they put a big emphasis on proximity. So if the way basically to try to explain that is if we're looking for a restaurant, if you're looking for like the best Thai food, you probably want it within five, 10, 15 minutes of wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And by using um, the data from our smartphones, Google can tell where we are. And so they're going to try to serve up local information, but they use that same algorithm basically to show results for local painting companies or landscapers or, you know, construction companies or whatever. And we're going to the homeowner. And so just because we are more than 10 or 15 minutes away from the homeowner doesn't mean that we're not the best company, but unfortunately that's just the way that the Google system's working right now. Got it. Um, we don't really have a whole lot of control over it. And so, you know, when I talk to other business owners or even just for myself, um, that can be frustrating, um, but kind of is what it is. So we really don't have a whole lot of 
um, there's not a whole lot we can do in terms of our proximity, um, unless you're going to try to like cheat the system, which I wouldn't encourage. Don't don't go and make like a bunch of fake listings on Google. Um, yeah, definitely a bad idea. Um, but so the two main things that we can control is our website as well as our Google My Business profile. Um, and so I, that's something that I think business owners and people doing marketing probably could put some effort and see some, maybe some quick wins there. So Google My Business, I feel like this is a, a big one and uh, it's not often talked about, at least I didn't know a ton about it, um, kind of, or, or, or the importance of it, I think prior to having some conversations with you and then uh, the marketing company we work with who helps us with our, with our website. But Google My Business is something that you would encourage the, as a company, the owner, whoever's handling your marketing in-house can easily handle. 100%. Yeah. So it's really, that's the nice thing about it is it, it's very much so like a directory. So there are some things that we want to do to update it. Um, and there are probably things that maybe we're already doing, right? Trying to get Google reviews, posting photos on there. Those are two like generally pretty easy things. Um, mm -hmm. The majority of the other things are things that we just need to get in place once, making sure that the information is correct. Um, you know, every once in a while, maybe a couple of times a year, go in and spend a little bit of time adding some more. Um, but that's the nice thing about it is it does not take a lot of time to put into the Google My Business. Um, but again, there's a lot of things that we can do with it that our local competitors aren't doing. And that's going to help us to one, probably show up a little bit better. But any of this Google stuff, it's really important to remember that it's not just showing up but it's also getting a homeowner to buy, right? Showing up in Google doesn't pay the bills. We actually need a homeowner to click on the listing and then to be impressed and want to connect with us and want to do business with us. Um, and so that is important as well. And so the more information we can have on there, again, it makes Google happy so we can show up, but it's also going to provide that relevant information to the homeowner as they're trying to make some decisions on who they want to trust with their project. And just to um, go right to the basics, um, for those who are maybe not familiar with Google My Business, um, when you search for a company or, or a restaurant, Google My Business is the profile that shows up on the right-hand side of the screen that shows the map listing, see reviews attached there. So if you don't have that at all, that's number one a problem. Uh, we, that would be the first thing that we would encourage you to do. But that is a place where you can begin to beef up you, the information about your company. Um, Michael, you've even put in, in terms of your profile, basically an FAQ section and you put in questions and you've talked about, you've given a little blog about what you guys do, which, so right in front of you, before even getting a, before a customer even has to click into your website, they're already getting a sense of who you are and what you do. One of the things that's happening in, in Google um, is Google is trying to keep searchers on the Google search results page as opposed to sending them to websites. So we see this um, when you search for something and it might just give you what's called an answer box. So you, you ask a question, whatever, how to make, whatever, I don't know, <laughs> but how to make something, right? And Google is gonna give you an answer right at the top of the page that they're actually pulling off of a website. And so understanding that what Google's doing is they're trying to keep people within the search results because that's how they make money is those paid ads. Um, and so by sending people off to our websites, then customers, homeowners can get lost 
um, and they might get frustrated and they might go do their search somewhere else, which again, gets them away from Google. They might go on Facebook and ask for help or, or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so understanding like how Google works and what they're trying to do is, is important um, here. And so Google's giving businesses like ours more opportunities to provide content within our Google My Business profile. And it's self-serving for them because they want to keep people away from our website, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but we have to play the game. And so by playing the game, we, we can win the game because most of our competitors aren't doing that and they're not providing the information to Google. Um, and so it's, it's a fairly safe assumption that if we're providing that information to Google, that makes Google happy. Mm -hmm. um, and it also makes homeowners happy because again, they're, they're, it's easy, like you just mentioned, it's easy to see, it's a very clean format. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah, I was personally surprised with how many areas of opportunity there were to fill out from adding product information and services, uh, the FAQ. Uh, one area that I, I do feel like we don't, what the companies are trying to work on, uh, but I still feel it needs more attention is Google reviews. How many amazing companies are out there, some members included, who have three five-star reviews yet are large residential repaint companies that could easily be capturing more um, or landscapers HVAC. I mean there's you often are sending report cards to your customers you know when the job is completed but how often are you actually getting them to then speak to the masses and posting a google review uh, so do you have any tips or recommendations or do you guys do anything around that to kind of try to, to point customers in that direction for sure yeah yeah so just real quick, I'll give some practical tips that we use, but I 100% agree. I, I think it's important for us to understand that from a homeowner's perspective, when, when they think of who is the best contractor, who's the best painter, who's the best landscaper in my area, the only thing they know is who has the most five-star review, reviews or maybe who has the best website, and that's it. Um, and so if you, as a, you might be a really well-established company but you are leaving the door open for an upstart or for a competitor to really take a lot of market share from you by, you know, they can quickly come in and far exceed your reviews or have a better website, provide more answers to customers. All of a sudden they are the best company. Mm -hmm. You can, you can have a bigger revenue, but from a homeowner's perspective, that's what they know. Um, and so it's, I think, again, to your point, the reviews are extremely important. Because you, you not only need to like go get some just to impress homeowners, but you also need to kind of keep your competitors at bay by making sure that you have the most five-star reviews um, so that there is no room for your competitors to ever catch up. Um, and so as far as like tactics of how we do that, so simply asking, um, I, you know, I think that's like the yeah. biggest thing that companies probably aren't doing enough ask early and often. Um, and so we, everything that we communicate with a homeowner from the point that they book till the end of, until after their project is complete, revolves around the idea of, we're trying to deliver a five-star service to you. And if at any point you don't feel like we're giving you a five-star service, please let us know so that we can make that right. Um, and so that, that scripting is something we try to get our crew leaders to talk about right when they arrive on the site. 
it's a part of email communication and things like that. So that way then at the end of the project, when we do ask for a review, the customer has kind of expected that. Um, and if they haven't brought up concerns throughout, they've kind of like, you know, maybe implicitly said, yes, I'm going to give you a five-star review because I've never told you I wouldn't. Um, and so again, I think that's important. There, there is a lot of software out there that we can use to ask for reviews. So we do use a software program. It's called Gather Up. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a cost to that. It's not too expensive, um, but that's something that we use just to try to track it. And, um, you know, it, it does allow us to ask customers. It allows us to send them a text message and an email with a direct link right into our profile or we can also list you know, Facebook profiles and other places where customers can leave us reviews. Um, you don't have to do that. You can literally just have, you, know, you can send an email with a link to your Google My Business profile, or you, know, you can send a customer a text message. Um, so there's ways to do that without spending money. But I think the biggest thing is, is just asking. Um, and then I would also just add to it, like ask, it's okay to ask more than once. Um, that's something that we see a lot. So what we do specifically is our crew leaders have the ability to go into the gather up app they can send a text message to the customer right while they're standing in their living room getting the final payment and finishing up the project and they'll ask the customer hey you know sounds like we did a great job would you be willing to write a review for me it makes a big difference i actually earned bonus money based on that um, and so it would go a long way and so they can go right into the app on their smartphone send the customer you know, that text message, the customer can take care of it right away. But if they don't, we will follow up a few more touch points to say, hey, it looks like you were interested in writing a review. You haven't done it yet. We know you get busy. Would you mind taking care of that? Um, and, and one more quick thought. One thing that, you know, again, I, I forget where I read this. It's not, it's not an original thing, but we've seen it really come to fruition is customers are more likely to give a review to the crew leader and to the people that are working hard at their home than they are the company. Um, mm -hmm. The company is just some weird big entity and you know whatever, but the people that have, they've just seen sweating and doing this hard work, yeah, like I'd be happy to write a review for you. Um, so when, if, if they're not asking, our number of reviews that we're getting goes way down. If the asks are just coming from the office and from an email, very rarely do we get a review. But when our crew leaders ask, we get reviews. I would say more than half of our customers are doing online reviews for us. That's right awesome. Now. It's the personal, it's the personal touch. They, you know, you feel that kind of, a, there's an emotional thank you there uh, when the crew leader asks for a review and then that customer can give it back to them after they've, you know, built some kind of bond over the several days at their home that there's, then there's, a, there's an exchange of a thank you there. For sure. And it's, a, it's such an emotional point, right? Like you just finished the renovation. You just finished the painting project. It looks amazing. The customer's so happy. Like you're going to catch them right in that moment. And hopefully they can share that, you know, joy with the world and with our future customers. <laughs> Absolutely. I think in your, your point about um, it's okay to follow up more than once is also key. We are all busy people. The amount of, you know, the, the, how many emails we all get in a day or text messages or where we're running from one place to another, uh, we forget. And so it's okay to be, to turn, to be on someone's radar a couple different times because there will be one time where they actually take that minute and, and leave that review. 
Um, and then one other point too, you were uh, mentioning the softwares that are sort of softwares and tools out there that can be used. I do believe Nolan Painting uses a similar tool like you guys are using, um, it's called Broadly. Mm -hmm. And it follows up, uh, so they send a customer report card to the customer and when the customer fills that out, it then the Broadly then goes and sends them a follow up asking if they can basically take those kind words and put them onto Google. So it's basically a scheduled implementation tool that will then translate over to a Google review, uh, which is great. So there are tools out there. It's the first is the ask, then use the tools the, and use your people, the people who are actually doing the work. Cause we are all, we are all consumers and you know, we are, the two of us are always looking at reviews for other things that we're buying or places that we're going. So uh, Google reviews are, 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 are a major uh, point to, to put it, be putting attention to. Sure. I think we'll wrap up with maybe just one more question. I, I, there's so much more we could dive into and my hope is that uh, Michael, you'll come back, we'll talk more, but do you encourage companies to be working uh, with external uh, con, you know, contacts to help with their SEO and manage their, their digital presence? Or is there certain, like we said, Google My Business, you can manage, but do you maybe uh, ask or hire a company to manage your SEO or your website? Yeah, so I think it, it depends, right? It depends on the company. I think, um, you know, speaking to maybe like a small to medium-sized company, um, I, I would say most of, many of the things that you need to do to be successful can be done in-house. Um, you know, yourself, or maybe just use, utilizing some of the people on your team. Um, one quick strategy note on that is like, get other people in your company to write blogs, have your crew leaders write a blog post, um, have your sales reps write a blog post. What are the questions they're hearing from customers and how would they answer it? Cool. That's a blog post. Like it, this doesn't have to be too complicated. Uh, you already have the subject matter experts. And if you assigned, you know, the people in your company, like one blog post a year, you probably have a lot more content than you're currently producing. Um, and so, so I think there's a place for outsourcing some things. So maybe some more of the technical stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't envision a business owner should go and learn how to you know, create their own website. Um, that would just not be probably the best use of their time, but they also are going to still need to be involved with the, um, you know, the content of the website and the tone of the website and things like that. Um, I think the business owner um, or maybe like sales reps and things should be, you know, that, that forward face on the website, whether it's in a video, whether it's in pictures, whether it's in, you know, a written format. Um, I don't think you can replace that in any way with like an outsourced copywriter. Um, you know, they're just going to be writing probably more for Google and not really for the person reading or consuming the information on your website, um, which is, definitely not, you know, the, the ultimate goal. Um, so again, I think there's a place for it for sure. Um, I think though that again, maybe a smaller business owner who's getting started or just really trying to gain some traction here. The first thing they should do is not outsource it. They need to do some of this themselves for no other reason than just to make sure they understand it well enough. So when they are ready to outsource it, they can keep that company honest and make sure they're doing the right thing. Um, and that's kind of how this all started for me. I, I actually made that mistake. I outsourced content creation um, years ago, probably close to 10 years ago. And the blog posts that we were getting were awful. They were 
they weren't accurate. They were, you know, here's how you paint something. I'm like, that's, we would never do that. Why would I put that on our website? Right. And, you know, all they did is go and Google it and took bad information. And it's just like the blind leading the blind. And then I realized that it's like, no, never mind. We're just paying you to not do the right things here. And this isn't really as complicated as maybe it seems like it could be. Um, so. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, even what we, what we do, we do our own blogs, uh, but we, you know, Carter and I do delegate out to certain people on the team because they are the, the, the content masters in certain areas. And so we assign a blog post every couple of months to want to a coach. And so it, the wealth is shared. Uh, one person is responsible for it in terms of actually making sure it happens and getting it on the site. But there are ways to utilize the people on, on your team. Because uh, you also know what's best too to be what's putting on your website. You, you have the vision, you have the tone that you want to be conveying. So you can't completely, you can't let, be, let, let the reins go entirely on that. Uh, there needs to be a good hybrid mix essentially between kind of your involvement and then getting again, another company involved for the technical side of the, the, the titles, the meta tags, the, I mean, we see so many things in our SEO reports of, of errors that they're fixing of just that we don't know, but it's all behind the scenes. Uh, but that end of the day does help with your, with your Google presence. I was just saying we can get caught up in that technical side where I think, compete in the, in your local space. Most business owners and local companies just need to go produce some content. And if it's not perfect, it's still going to be better than most of your competitors. Um, and I think that can maybe bog people down is trying to write perfect content and do keyword research and things like that. Those are all, there's a lot of great things that you can really get into, but just get started. Just put more content on your website um, and you can always fine tune it as you go. And with that quote, uh, good today is better than perfect tomorrow. We'll get just just get it rolling. Well, uh, we will we will call it there, Michael. Thanks so much for your input and kind of sharing uh, your background uh, with marketing and textbook painting. Uh, we definitely want to encourage Summit members who are interested in talking to Michael or learning more about what they can do to be boosting their presence um, on Google and, and their website content to reach out to their coach and to get Michael involved. We'd love to do that. Uh, and then, Michael, we'll, we'll hope to have you back on Out of the Hourglass in the future if, if you'd like to join. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, with that, everyone have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.